Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dragon Quest FM, where we talk about and obsess over Dragon Quest. My name is Austin, and that awkward silence you hear is because my co-host, BJ, isn't here. Uh, He's on a business trip this week, but we still wanted to record an episode for you guys to listen to this week, even if it means I'm doing it solo. Uh, So if BJ is your favorite host, then uh, this is going to be really awkward because it's just me for today. Uh, But for today's episode, and since I'm doing it alone, I just wanted to talk about how I personally got into Dragon Quest, why I love the series so much. Uh, We're also eager to hear how you guys got into DQ, so be sure to email us at social at dragonquest.fm to share your own story. You can even DM us on Twitter, that's at dragonquestfm. Uh, So for today... Uh, just how did I get into Dragon Quest? I'm pretty new to Dragon Quest. It's one of those series that I knew about but never really played until like three or four years ago. Um, I kind of think of it as like those misconnections ads in like newspapers or Craigslist or whatever, uh, where it's like, I was wearing red pants and a tank top and you were in glasses and overalls. Let's meet up at the pharmacy on 15th Street at five, you know, that kind of thing. So, uh, so that's kind of how I think of Dragon Quest a lot, because there were a lot of misconnections where I saw Dragon Quest or saw something from Dragon Quest, but just didn't get into the series at that point in time. Uh, you know, I was pretty young, uh, was too young for the Dragon Warrior Nintendo Power promotion in 1989. I was born in November of that year, uh, so I didn't exactly have a magazine subscription <laughs> at the time. Um, and so I missed all of that. And because I was so young, I pretty much missed all of the Dragon Warrior games that came out for the NES, uh, you know, in the early 90s and everything. Uh, So, uh, obviously, I didn't play those either. Um, I guess the first, like, misconnection, uh, if we're sticking with that metaphor, uh, the first misconnection I really remember uh, was Dragon Warrior 3. Uh, It was out on Game Boy Color. I remember thinking the artwork looked cool. I saw it, I was at a local Walmart, and it was like behind the glass, you know, in the video game section, and I remember seeing it and thinking it looked really cool, Um, but I was still pretty young at the time, I was really into Pokemon, my brother and I both were, and so that's what we were spending our money on. We were like kids, we didn't have like lots of money, because I was like probably 11 or 12, and my brother was two years younger than me. So we didn't have, like, you know, jobs or anything to spend money on video games. So our money was going, like, purely toward uh, Pokemon at the time. So so my first real misconnection uh, was probably at that Walmart in, like, 99, 2000, whatever time uh, it was. Uh, so yeah, sorry Dragon Quest 3, or Dragon Warrior 3, I guess I should say. I did not buy you that day because I only had eyes for Pokemon, and I'm sorry. But the next time... Uh, I remember playing Dragon Quest. I think I've even said this uh, 
in a past episode, but I had a next door neighbor. His name was Wade and it was rural Tennessee. So when I say next door neighbor, it's like a quarter of a mile down the road. Uh, so not too incredibly far, but it's not just like, you know, 10 feet away or anything. And so, uh, but my neighbor Wade, he would walk up to our house a lot to play video games. And one day he brought Dragon Quest Eight with him. He bought it uh, because he wanted the uh, Final Fantasy Twelve demo that came with it. And because uh, we were both in the Final Fantasy a whole lot at the time. So he got the game for the demo, but then he really liked Dragon Quest Eight, And he was even like, you know, you guys... Uh, should try this out and brought it to our house and I'd kind of seen some Dragon Quest things before then because uh, my brother and I got the PlayStation magazine like the official one but also like there was an unofficial one PSM I think is what it was called um, there was like an unofficial PlayStation magazine but anyway there was like some Dragon Quest stuff in there uh, before the game came out so I remember seeing it and the artwork thinking it was cool but I didn't necessarily like play it at that point I mean Wade came over to my house I remember watching him play the section where you fight Calamari the big squid monster uh, on the ship at the beginning uh, and that's really all I remember I remember that he beat it and he really liked it and was like oh man you gotta try you know Dragon Quest 8 it's really good but um, you know I never owned it myself for PS2 and uh, didn't really play it, but watched him play it quite a bit. For some reason, the calamari fight on the ship just kind of uh, sticks out to me after all these years. Uh, so that's kind of another missed connection, I guess, uh, for me. Uh, and then, you know, a number of years later, I think it was like 2014. Anyway, they did a cross-promotional thing with Final Fantasy XIV, A Realm Reborn. And at the time, me, BJ, like five of our other friends, we were all in a free company together and we're playing it a ton and, and going around and just playing Final Fantasy 14 like crazy. And sometime around in there, they did a cross promotional thing with Dragon Quest 10. And so in Final Fantasy 14, A Realm Reborn, you could get like, I think it was a slime hat. And then I definitely remember there was a wind up golem, golem, the little like sand golem that would follow you around as like a minion. And you could get some in-game items from participating in the event. There were also fates, which were like these, like active time events that were out on the open world map. You could just be walking around and get into battles with like groups of other players. And so there were fates that were based around uh, Dragon Quest. Even a mask, like the, the roughneck tough guys, you know, the, the like big buff dudes with the bull uh, helmets. You could get a helmet like that uh, to wear if you wanted to. And I remember even seeing someone they decked their character out to look like that using glamours and stuff. They were in Final Fantasy XIV where they were like shirtless and had on like pants and like the hat and everything. They're really buff. Uh, so, uh, so I remember all of that happening, I guess, around like 2014. And I remember thinking it looked really cool and, and looking up at the time to see if there were any Dragon Quest games I could play. But I didn't have a DS back then. And there weren't any games on PS3 or PS4 yet uh, that I could play. So I was just kind of stuck waiting around uh, for, you know, some other games uh, to come out. And so finally, uh, 2016 rolled around, which I know I've mentioned before, but uh, just as kind of a refresher, my first daughter was born in, tw in early 2016. And, you know, I was home a lot. Um, you know, it was a new baby, so my hands were kind of full, but... Uh, I also had a lot of free time just because I was, you know, sitting around the house. I didn't have work to do. And uh, so, you know, when the baby slept a lot during the day, I was like, you know, play video games. And so 
I'd had my eye on Dragon Quest Heroes. Uh, I knew it was, you know, coming to the West. I, I had, you know, been reading up on it, and it was one of those PS4 games that I've been looking forward to. And so after I was home a lot, I decided, you know what, I'm going to go and buy uh, Dragon Quest Heroes. And I remember it specifically because we had been home only a few days with Naomi, my oldest daughter. And if anybody listening that had kids and like might remember this with their first kid, especially, but it's like you are home with a baby for like three days and you haven't gone anywhere. You might have some like family coming over to see the new baby, but it's like, you're just kind of cooped up in your house. And so my wife and I got restless and we were like, you know what, we're just going to go to like Walmart and uh, like, you know, try to waste some time. Uh, so we just kind of drove around. We ended up going to like Walmart and GameStop and I grabbed Dragon Quest Heroes from GameStop. One of my friends was working in there, stopped to talk to him, saw Dragon Quest Heroes sitting on the shelf and was like, yep, gotta buy that. Been looking forward to it. So I grabbed it, instantly fell in love with it. Uh, just, uh, you know, I love the characters, uh, just the quirkiness, the art style, uh, the way the monsters look, just everything about the game was so fun and memorable and just great. Uh, and I wanted to play more. I even, I mean, I loved it so much. There were even times when, you know, as a new parent, you're sleep deprived. But I was like toughing it out, sucking it up to like play this video game more because it was so much fun and I just liked it. And so I'd even like stay up when I should have been like trying to sleep because the baby was asleep to uh, play Dragon Quest Heroes. Uh, but, you know, I loved it. I had to play more. Uh, so I was even looking up at the time, my two favorite characters from that game. Uh, from other Dragon Quest games were Nira and Bianca from Dragon Quest V. So I looked it up, saw what Dragon Quest they were from, and was like, man, I really want to play Dragon Quest V uh, because I really like these characters. That seems like an interesting story. Let's let's do this. Well, I found out, you know, I'm going to play it on the DS, the 3DS, and that's, that's my options, I guess. Well, I didn't have a regular DS. I didn't have a 3DS or a 2DS or anything like that at the time. So uh, I was just like, oh, well, I guess I'll wait until one of the other games comes out of the system I do have. And, uh, you know, I think the mobile ports were out then. It seems like I remember looking them up on the iOS store and seeing at least, like, the first maybe three Dragon Quest games on there. But I really hate playing mobile games, and so I didn't want to play them at this point. I was just like, ah, maybe there'll be, like, a port coming to, like, PS4 or something. Like, ha ha ha, younger Austin, if only I had known, like, never gonna happen. But uh, I decided, hey, maybe I'll just wait until Dragon Quest Eleven comes out. Because it kind of been teased a little bit, not long after I beat Dragon Quest Heroes. There was E3 footage that showed a lot of gameplay, and it was advertised for PS4, which I owned. And then at the time, it was the Nintendo NX, because it wasn't called the Switch yet. But they said, you know, it was coming to the, to the Nintendo NX. And maybe that was even the year that they called it the switch i can't even remember at this point but i remember that being a thing and so i was like okay cool i i was really excited for the new nintendo system and i had a ps4 already so i was like i guess i'll just wait a year or two and play 11 when it comes out uh, so i basically you know just waited around for a couple of years didn't play any of the other games i played dragon quest heroes 2 uh, as soon as it came out i didn't actually get around to beating it until this past year i just kind of chipped away at it a little bit at a time uh, but I did play that one during this meantime, and then Eleven finally came out in the West, and I just played the crap out of it. Like, I, I got the Platinum Trophy, put another 30 hours into it after that, probably, just playing around and trying to get, like, in-game accolades and stuff. I just played it so much 
pretty much because I didn't want it to end. Like it wasn't even like I was trying to get every accolade because of bragging rights or anything. I was just doing it because I, I really I didn't want the game to end. I was having so much fun with it. I just didn't know what I was going to do after I beat it. But eventually I pretty much done everything I could realistically uh, do in that game. So I downloaded the mobile ports of 1, 2, and 3. They were on sale because it was like the holidays 2018. They were all on sale for that. So I think I got all three games for like 12 bucks. I mean, it was like a super steal. I mean, it was cheap enough that me as someone who doesn't like mobile games, I was like, I'm going to gamble on this uh, because it's only 12 bucks. And if I don't like it, then, you know, it's 12 bucks. So I went ahead and got the three games and actually didn't mind the mobile ports of that so much. BJ and I are planning on doing a an episode about ports uh, coming up soon, uh, so we'll talk about that more. But really, I mean, the thing with Dragon Quest 1, 2, and 3, at least, uh, which are the th- only three I've played on mobile, is that you can play them one-handed. Because you play them one-handed, and you don't have to, and it's vertical, you don't have to flip it over on its side. For some reason, it worked for me. I could, like, keep one hand free. Uh, my wife and I had twins at that point who were, like, basically newborns at this time so I could like hold one in my other arm and they'd be asleep and then I could use my other hand to play this game and so it was really ideal for somebody that had like two you know babies at the time because I could just play it all one-handed and you know Dragon Quest 1 super short game Uh, I think I beat it my first playthrough on it I think I beat it somewhere around the like 10 hour mark uh, maybe even less than that and then sometime between 1 and 2 I decided uh, that I was gonna play and beat all the mainline Dragon Quest games this year, except for 10, because, you know, I'm still in Japanese and all that. Uh, and so that was really how uh, DragonQuestAustin.com was born, because BJ, at the time I was texting him all the stuff about Dragon Quest and how much I loved it, how I was going to play all the games now and all this stuff. And uh, he convinced me to blog about it. Uh, it turned into a weekly blog, because um, I guess it turned out that I just really wanted to talk a lot about DQ. Uh, and then from there, we did this podcast uh, that started back in the summer, uh, because apparently I can't shut up about DQ uh, and needed another way uh, to talk about it every single week. Uh, so that was kind of really how all the this stuff got started. So, so that's kind of that. That's how I got into DQ. Coming up, I also want to talk about why I love Dragon Quest so much. Uh, but first, it's time for that part of the show that we like to call Shameless Self-Promotion. I know there's no theme song. It's because BJ's not here, um, but I'll try to channel his energy and do a shameless, shameless, there we go. That's my BJ impression uh, doing a uh, shameless self-promotion song. Now, I should also mention that BJ's not here, uh, but I did put a Star Wars running shirt on a pillow because BJ loves running in Star Wars. I put it on a pillow uh, and I've got Beach Pillow, uh, who's seriously, no joke, sitting beside me. Uh, right now so that BJ's here in spirit, which is a great visual gag um, for a show that is 100% an audio. <laughs> so uh, we really didn't think this through. I'm going to let Beach Pillow tell you all about uh, our Patreon during the Shameless Self-Promotion segment um, in uh, the best BJ voice I can muster. So uh, <laughs> let me channel BJ's energy here. Wowie zowie, wowie zowie, hot diggity dog, hot diggity dog, Willy Wonka energy. Here we go. Be sure to check out our Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash dragonquestfm and we have tiers from $2 and up. That gets you access to our monthly minisodes as well. We've got a new one coming out really soon where we talk about Dragon Quest Walk and other Japanese-only DQ apps. So for $2 a month, you can hear that. For $3, you get a sticker. $5 gets you a Discord roll. And for $10, we'll even do an episode of your choosing. Wowie zowie. 
Oh my goozles. Um, so that was Beach Pillow. Thank you, Beach Pillow. Each week, uh, we also like to do a little community spotlight. So this week, I just wanted to mention uh, Jeff Wiggins, who's designing DQ Slime Posters. Uh, Jeff told me all about it last week. I was actually at Universal Studios Orlando all last week uh, with my wife. He has these posters uh, that he's made, he's selling, uh, that I thought were pretty cool. Uh, you can find that on meridia.com. Uh, we'll try to put links in here as well on the show notes if you want to check that out. There's some colorful slime posters. There's a really cool metal slime one. It's a bunch of metal slimes with like a black background that looks pretty awesome. And you can even bundle the two posters together, which I thought was cool. Uh, so anyway, thought it was pretty cool. Uh, wanted to mention it on the show during our community spotlight section. Uh, so check it out. Now back to the show. This is why I love Dragon Quest. First part of the show talking about why I got into it. This part is just really why I love it so much. Uh, and there's a lot of reasons I love Dragon Quest. I know on my blog I've done like reasons why I love Dragon Quest and stuff. For the sake of like time and other things, uh, I just want to keep, I guess, top five. Let's go with top five. Uh, so these are 100% my own personal subjective reasons. Uh, so yours are sure to differ, uh, but these are just my personal, you know, top five reasons. Uh, so I guess number five, kind of thought about it. And number five, I would have to give to mini metals because I love mini metal hunting. Uh, you know, breaking the pots, going down wells, reading every gravestone, uh, you know, doing it for the mini metals. I, I even... Uh, find myself going to like break barrels and pots in other games and being disappointed when they don't let me <laughs> and uh, th those games just kind of almost feel empty by comparison because I, I can't break the pots and the barrels and so um, I was playing Final Fantasy 1 a couple of weeks ago on uh, the PS1 version for, uh, that's on a part of uh, Final Fantasy Origins and I was trying to break the pots and they wouldn't let me and it was kind of like you know Wah wah. Where I'm so used to playing Dragon Quest now and like breaking pots and barrels and things like that that I get disappointed when games don't let me. And but I really like that incentive, you know, the incentive to explore just every nook and cranny in every town, in every dungeon. Uh, even if I don't like the rewards, and in some of these games, you know, the rewards uh, I feel like aren't that great for where I'm at in the game at least. And so, but I still keep doing the mini medals, even if I don't want the rewards, just because. You know, it's so fun, and I love it so much. And I'm really glad they added uh, it into some of the mobile ports of the older DQ games, too. Um, I haven't played the Switch one yet, because uh, I'm waiting on my physical copy to get here. I assume the Mini Metals are still in that version of 3, Dragon Quest 3. But, uh, you know, if I'm wrong, somebody can let me know. If I'm right, somebody can confirm this uh, with me, because hopefully... Uh, the Switch physical version from Japan will get to my house uh, sometime soon. Uh, but anyway, so number five, I would have to go with mini metals. Just love mini metal hunting. There's just something so fun about it. I think part of that is it appeals to the collector in me. Like I love collecting things. And so mini metal hunting lets me collect things in a game. And so I really uh, like that about it. Number four, I think I'm going to go with the NPCs on this one. Um, I couldn't decide between the NPCs or the towns, but for number four, I think I'll go with the NPCs. A while back, I even wrote an entire article on why Dragon Quest has the best NPCs of any game ever, and I still stand by that. Some people sent me their votes for the best NPCs in a game, too. Uh, like, you know, they thought they were better than Dragon Quest, and um, I totally see where they're coming from, but just personally, I still think I like Dragon Quest's NPCs the most. And part of that is, you know, they have some of these really iconic NPC models. You know, there's the Puff Puff Girl, there's the uh, the street tough roughneck guy, 
Uh, I talked about him earlier in this episode. You know, he's like the the buff dude with the bull mask on. Um, they look kind of like leather daddies. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they're memorable uh, NPCs. And I also love the NPCs just for their stories. Dragon Quest Seven has some of the best NPC stories of any game I've ever played. Like that whole game, basically the structure of it is just, you know, running around between different islands and different times and solving NPC problems. I would even say that in Dragon Quest Seven, the game is more about the NPC stories than the actual characters. And especially in a game like Dragon Quest Nine, where the protagonist and your like little crew of fighters, none of them really have personalities. And so the game is just about the NPCs. It's just about the NPCs who live in these towns and their stories. And then, you know, a couple of NPC sidekicks you got you get along the way. And even ones like Stella in Dragon Quest Nine, who I, I don't really like Stella. Um, she's kind of annoying to me. But even Stella, you know, is super memorable. And, uh, you know, I think she makes a good NPC, even if I do find her annoying. And, you know, they fill these towns. And these characters, uh, a lot of them uh, seem unique. I also like how they kind of repeat some of the kind of characters and stories in other Dragon Quest games. You know, they're silly. Uh, I, one of my favorites is uh, there's a guy in Dragon Quest Seven. You talk to the NPCs. He's like chasing a lady around his house and you talk to one of the maids. And she's like, uh, I don't know why, but our boss likes to dress up and chase the maids around. And that's all. I mean, it has nothing to do with the story. It's just like a weird, uh, quirky, funny little thing that happens with NPCs. And Dragon Quest games are kind of filled with those uh, NPCs. So... I guess really it comes down to the fact that with Dragon Quest, the NPCs, I actually like to talk to them. Like in other games, if I don't have to talk to the NPCs, I usually don't. I, as much as I love Final Fantasy IX, I don't talk to NPCs like in Limblum, which is a city with tons of NPCs. I don't talk to them because I know I don't have to. I just run right by them kind of like they're set dressing. And I feel like a lot of RPGs, the the NPCs are just set dressing. They're just there to kind of make the city feel like it's occupied, like people live there. And I don't feel like Dragon Quest does that. I feel like the NPCs are there to either tell you something about the quest that you're, you know, taking a part in, to give you a hint about something uh, in another area, or to just kind of make you laugh and make you smile. And so for me, it comes down to that. I, it's because I talk to the NPC, the NPCs in Dragon Quest, even though I don't have to. And I can't really say that about other game franchises, that I just talk to the other NPCs even if I don't have to. Because honestly, I skipped those. You know, recently just beat the uh, Torna, the Golden Country DLC for Xenoblade Chronicles 2. And as much as I thought it was a pretty good DLC, the, the NPCs, other than the ones that give you side quests, it's like I didn't really feel uh, incentivized to like talk to them. Which kind of brings me to the next part. For number three here, I'm going with the towns. A number three reason I love Dragon Quest is that the towns, they're just, you know, they're great. We talked about the towns, folks, so now let's talk about the towns. And I love how, especially in later Dragon Quest games, towns kind of get their own stories. Uh, like, even, like, especially right now in Dragon Quest Eleven, which I know a lot of people are playing some for the very first time, you go in Dragon Quest Eleven to these cities, and it's like they kind of have their own, their own culture, their own, like, sometimes language and dialects. It feels like everything's kind of crafted with, like, love and thought. Uh, when they were designing the towns and you know especially in Dragon Quest 11 these towns are beautiful they're huge they have their own style and feel uh, but every town kind of has their own problem too and so even though you're not necessarily like maybe it doesn't have anything to do with the 
like whole complete main story it's like you go from town to town you meet these new npcs you solve their problem and then you move on to the next town uh, and it makes it fun to explore i think for me and i haven't i haven't gotten very far in dragon quest 11s and i know a lot of people haven't i've played the ps4 version but i don't want to get too specific into dragon quest 11 right now because i don't want to spoil it for people who are playing it for the first time on switch but i think dragon quest 11 definitely does the best job with the towns. Part of that is because they take stories that are from older Dragon Quest games and repeat those stories in a town. Uh, like in a lot of Dragon Quest games, there's a story where like there's a cowardly prince, right? And he hires your party to like do stuff for him. And so, uh, you know, Dragon Quest Eight has a pretty memorable prince like that. Uh, the prince in Dragon Quest Eleven, I think, is a lot more tolerable than Prince Charmless, Prince Charms in... Uh, Dragon Quest Eight, but uh, but you know I like that that's kind of repeated, and that these towns just feel so unique, are so fun to explore, and you know they really look amazing. Uh, you know Dragon Quest Eleven I think has probably the prettiest, most unique looking towns in just about any video game I've ever played. Maybe you know the Nino Kuni and Nino Kuni Two both have really beautiful towns as well, but Dragon Quest Eleven you know they're they're right up there at the top of the list. Number two reason, I gotta talk about this one, is the art style. Uh, like a lot of people, I was kind of drawn to Dragon Quest uh, because of the art style. Uh, the monsters look silly, everything is bright, vibrant, uh, and we have Akira Toriyama to thank for that, because um, it's his art that's in these games. You know, back in the 80s, they used Toriyama because his style was recognizable and he was really popular, especially with kids, and so they hoped that using that art style in their video games uh, would draw on gamers and bring them to playing Dragon Quest. And, you know, I mean, I have to agree with them. I think the art style is a huge part of these games. And it also, part of me kind of wonders if maybe that's why it didn't take off in the States immediately. I mean, we didn't get, we didn't get Dragon Ball here until like the mid-90s, right, with Toonami. Uh, so the other Dragon Quest games, Dragon Warrior games, had already been released on the NES by then. So by the time Dragon Ball really got big here in the States in the mid-90s, and it you know what became super popular but the four dragon quest games that had been released in the states already were already out and then there was that kind of dry spell where there were no dragon quest games released in the west you know those games the nes games here in the states didn't feature the toriyama art on the covers and so part of me kind of always wondered if maybe dragon quest would have been more successful if they put toriyama's art on the covers because i mean obviously his art style worked for dragon ball because it became really big once it reached over here in the 90s so i kind of wonder if maybe we had a time machine went back put toriyama's art on the cover if dragon warrior would have become this big hit that nintendo power didn't have to give away for free uh, because people were actually interested in it and wanting to play it uh, so i guess that's Something we'll never know, but just kind of something that I've always wondered about, because I think the art style has really set the tone for uh, Dragon Quest. For the last, you know, 30 plus years of Dragon Quest, the art style has definitely set the tone in those games, uh, because the games are fun, they are silly, they are bright and vibrant, and, uh, you know, I think we really have Toriyama and his art style to thank for that. The number one reason, shouldn't be a surprise to anybody, uh, who knows me, who's listened to this show, who's read my blog. But the number one reason I love Dragon Quest is that it's fun. <laughs> you know, all my reasons, my previous reasons uh, for loving it have been because it's fun. Mini metal hunting, it's fun. The NPCs, they're silly, they're fun. The towns, they're fun to explore, fun to look at. The art style, it's quirky and fun, doesn't take itself too seriously. Dragon Quest, it's just fun. 
Uh, and that's, you know, really what I love about these games. They don't take themselves too seriously, even though serious stuff can happen. And I think Dragon Quest isn't afraid to be um, poignant, I guess would be the right word there. Dragon Quest isn't afraid to be poignant, but it's also not afraid to be silly or weird. Uh, and when I played all these games this past year, I mostly played them at night. Three young kids, after they were all asleep, I would usually play a Dragon Quest game for a few hours before going to bed myself. Um, you know, it was really relaxing. Uh, it helped me kind of chill out from the stresses of the day. Way cheaper uh, than alcoholism. <laughs> and so I could just relax, chill, play my Dragon Quest. Uh, most of the games, you know, were on handheld. So I would just sit on the couch uh, with my wife. I'd play Dragon Quest on my 2DS most of the time. Uh, and, you know, she'd be watching Netflix and we would just chill. It was really nice. Uh, we could sit together, kind of do our own things, we could still talk to each other, but we could just kind of, you know, relax. Sit together, be together, but relax and do our own things. And, you know, part of that is because, you know, Dragon Quest, it's fun. It's laid back, it's relaxing, um, and since beating all the mainline Dragon Quest games, um, I realized I miss playing Dragon Quest at night. Um, like, I played the Final Fantasy VIII remaster on Switch, and then I played the Xenoblade Chronicles 2 Torna DLC on Switch. You know, and while I like both those games fine, they just weren't nearly as fun as Dragon Quest. Uh, they didn't relax me nearly as much. And I guess maybe it's because they were trying to be more realistic and serious. Uh, so I was really glad when 11S came out because now it lets me play Dragon Quest at night again. Uh, so I can get back into my kind of schedule. I guess I'm kind of a creature of habit because now it's just, now that I have Dragon Quest back, you know, that's why I want to play at night before bed. And, um, and, you know, their games are interesting. They're not boring. It's not like they put me to sleep and that's why I play them. I have to, you know, make myself turn them off at night so I can go to bed. But it's like, it's just relaxing, I guess. That's the that's the only way I can put it. It's fun. It's relaxing. And, uh, you know, I love it. Uh, so that's my story for how I got into Dragon Quest. Those are my reasons. Again, we'd love to hear your own stories and your own reasons. Uh, so shoot us an email. The email address is social at dragonquest.fm. Uh, you can also DM us on Twitter, that's at DragonQuestFM, and tell us there. Remember, you can always talk to me personally on Twitter, at underscore Austin underscore King. And if you miss BJ this week, and you just really need to talk to him, he's also on Twitter. Uh, his Twitter handle is at ProfessorBeej. Uh, so thanks to all our Patreon patrons, thanks to all of our listeners, and we'll see you again next week. Bye-bye.